0: So it's a really a systematic approach to building a mindset that's more resilient because the truth is we plan all we want, but life happens the way it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're always hit with unexpected, you know, turns and twists and turns. So it's how do you build a mindset
1: that's prepared for that? Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman. And I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future. To honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after, Jma. Ma. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. Today's episode, I chat with Lisa Abramson, who lives in the San Francisco area. She is an executive coach, mindfulness teacher, and a best-selling author. She works a lot with women who work in corporate jobs, helps women figure out their maternity leave situation and also brings a lot of education and support to the postpartum shift for working moms and women in general. Lisa was a type A, go-getter, very successful businesswoman all throughout her 20s. Then she went through her, what I would surmise is her Saturn return, wanting a real shift in her heart of what she was doing with her life got into mindfulness, teaching, and training. And then she became pregnant with her first daughter, which she was very excited about. And after the birth of her daughter, she experienced postpartum psychosis, which is a pretty rare mental illness. It affects about one in a thousand. And so I was just called to have her here to share her story. I've never personally met anyone, none of my clients, have had postpartum psychosis. So I was really interested to hear more about what that looked like for her. I feel like so many of us during our postpartum shift don't really know what's what, what's quote unquote normal, what's natural, what's the normal cascade of hormones that we're going through mixed with figuring out how to keep this human alive, mixed with severe sleep deprivation. And so a lot of times, you know, we may overdiagnose ourselves and a lot of times we underdiagnose ourselves. So It was really great to get her feedback, and I'm just so grateful that she was able to join me over the internet to do this interview. We have not met in person. She's a wonderful woman, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Thanks so much for being here, J-Ma. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Thanks so much for having me here. Thank you so much for joining. I'm very grateful that you had the time. And made the time. Of and, course. And we're so flexible in helping with my baby's nap schedule today. <laughs> As we know, it always takes a, a big juggle. Absolutely. But I was in the same boat. So Thank you. Thank you. I know you, you got sick kids, so it's, it's that time of year too. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of dive right in with you. Can you tell us what brought you on the path of your current work and... and Becoming a mom for the first time and then the second time, and and just share your journey with us. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So um, I'd say I, you know I've been kind of an overachiever, a go getter my whole life. I've you know strived to do the best I can, and you know whether it's going into my first career was in PR and marketing and kind of climbing the corporate ladder, and you know before. I think when I was maybe twenty seven or something, I was sitting in on board meetings and I was an executive at a fast-growing tech startup, and it was super exciting. And you know, on paper, it looked good. I would have thought it would have been more fulfilling because um, I had kind of decided on this goal and reached it, but it actually felt pretty empty. So that was the first uh, kind of professional crisis for me was realizing I was stressed and I was burnt out. Mm. And I really wasn't doing something that was meaningful for me. So that led to looking, um, you know, good old Google search, frankly, on the internet of like stress reduction techniques. I was like, Maybe mm-hmm. if I like reduce my my stress and connect with this thing called my intuition, which I used to be familiar with, but <laughs> had kind of fallen to the wayside, um, in the mm. corporate grind, I thought, you know, maybe I'll start to see things more clearly and uh, like any good overachiever, I decided you know I didn't want to just start to meditate. I was like, okay i 'm gonna meditate every single day, but then reality uh kind of struck, and I said, "Well, I definitely don 't have time for like twenty or thirty minutes or an hour, but I can make time every single day for four minutes. So I started with this teeny, tiny commitment, but it was every single day, and I found you know over the weeks and months that I started practicing. This little bit of quiet that was so different from the rest of my day ended up being really profound. And um, that led me kind of down the rabbit hole of looking into, you know, coaching and personal development and positive psychology and habit change and of course also studying meditation and mindfulness. And that really led me to my, my next career, which was being an executive coach and becoming a mindfulness teacher. Which I've been doing, Uh, but like any good story, you know, you kind of everything's jamming, and you think you're in a good spot, and then uh, you get a curveball. And for me, that was the birth of my first daughter, Lucy. That was about five years ago. Totally planned. We were super excited. My husband and I had been married for a few years. We were eager and ready to allow you know little one to enter our life. But basically, a month after she was born, I found myself completely sleep-deprived, exhausted, anxious, stressed like I had never been. Things started to go off the rails really quickly. And basically, I didn't sleep for three days straight. And that sleep deprivation, of -hmm. course, the changing in your hormones after the childbirth, and the stress of trying to do everything you know, perfectly and well, and be there for my daughter. Mm-hmm. It actually um, it landed me with something called postpartum psychosis, which is a very rare maternal mental health disorder. It affects about one in a thousand new moms. Mm. It sounds scary and it has a big name, and it was scary. It was a hard experience. I ended up spending ten days locked in a psychiatric ward. So here I was, wow.
1: you know, a mindfulness teacher. Who had lost her mind. So, um, wow, it's so just interesting just hearing that. Yeah, I mean, and like how that is such a lesson. Like, I mean, that's so beautiful in a way that that's what happened, you know? Or, I mean, not to make light of your situation, but just that you were led down that path and now to have experienced it in that way and to be able to share that with so many other women now, you know? It's just so interesting. And are you in your 30s? Thank you. Yeah, it was
0: humbling to say the least. Um, Yes, I'm 36 now.
1: Okay. So So I had my Lucy when I was
0: 31. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think it's always just helpful to kind of know where we are when when we give birth, just like this little story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think on that point,
0: it was really interesting that I did feel like I had this whole identity that was Lisa, professional, self-sufficient, entrepreneur, has it all together, um, can tackle anything. And I really feel like I had never... Been at my limit before. Like, I had always pushed and I'd gotten really close to like the super red, it's almost purple zone, but I'd always come back. And this Mm. was the first time I like tumbled deep into the like despair, no coming back zone. Mm. But that in and of itself was so humbling to really realize, gosh, I have limits and I've never seen them before. And I need to take care of myself in this drastic, profound new way that I never thought was possible I certainly had not given myself permission to do and I think we're not taught as little girls that it's okay to have to have needs and to right. to take care of ourselves and not feel selfish and to prioritize ourselves ahead of everyone else in our family and know that that makes us a good mom that doesn't make us selfish you know there's a lot of programming that through years of therapy and through obviously this crisis that I uncovered and, you know, as challenging as it was and, you know, shameful, embarrassing, devastating, all of those words, it also, I feel fortunate because it was so extreme. It was so out of character and it really, I'd never had a previous mental health issue. So it just, felt like it came out of left field and it just knocked me on my butt so because of that I feel like no one messed around everyone in my family took it very seriously I was able to get the support I needed and I I feel thankful that everyone rallied around me and I had that supportive system because they saw I you know I truly was not myself
1: yeah so, what did that look like for you going off the rails? Like, what, how did you know that this, like, this was serious? Or were you aware of it? Or was it, yeah, like, what was that? So, like?
0: yeah, I am happy to share about that. So, there were things that were a little bit off at first. So, I like would kind of wake up in the middle of the night and think, um, you know, my sleep sleeping eye mask would be like, oh my gosh, it's Lucy. Like, she's in bed with me. I, I, falling asleep on top of her. Like I would kind of mm. freak out about things like that, which I kind of was like, Oh, that's sleep deprivation. That's sort of normal but a little bit weird. And then there was, you know, trying to put together the pieces of my breath pump to use it. And I'd mm. already used it, you know, at least a hundred times and I was like, I don't know how these things go together. Like I mm. I cannot figure out for the life of me. And then, you know, trying to write um, an email to a friend and I just like sat there and was like the words can't come out i mean wow. i felt like my mind wasn't working well and the confusing thing with postpartum psychosis is the the confusion and the psychosis it, it waxes and wanes which means it comes and goes so there there's mm-hmm. moments where i felt like myself and i felt okay and then there was you know a moment and now so for example i went to a spin class about three weeks after my daughter was born and now I look at that and I'm like, okay, that was probably not a wise yeah. thing to do. And it, you know, but I have to say to my defense, like, I've been doing it all through my pregnancy. And I thought maybe if I work out, I'll feel better. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll get some endorphins. This will help. It wasn't about like being aggro or trying to, you know, go crazy. Totally. It was like, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just like bend my legs and feel better. And then I like went to the spin class and I remember, um, that I was sort of late for the class. And then there was this confusion of like, oh, you know, is someone here off the wait list? Or, or do you have a seat here? Or is everyone here? Did they book the class properly? Anyway, I just got really super stressed about that. I felt this like guilt, like I had screwed up even though I wasn't even mm. related to this. And then the mm. the music started thumping, and I thought like the freaking walls were talking to me. It was like, oh, mm. whoa. And I, and I ran out of the class like, <laughs> Basically, yeah. having a panic attack. So I there can't was even imagine of,
1: what that would feel like. Like that's stressing me out. Just hearing that, The just because your nervous system is so open. Yeah, 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 it was super intense. Proud to say, you know, I, I
0: part of my, you know, mantra is you, you just keep going, you keep taking steps forward. I was at a spin class this morning. I, I have conquered my, uh, you know, fear of that mm-hmm. since the trauma. But now I only go into spin in classes with earplugs in because I found that like. The the music is just too loud. Yeah, it's <laughs> general, totally. and it's uh, it like hypes me up too much. So mm-hmm. you know you make adjustments. Always but, the yeah, course so, correction, and then yeah, I mean, and then of course, like the last li- like the last couple of days before I was hospitalized, the like weird stuff and panic turned into like full on delusions. So I was hearing things. I thought for sure that there was like snipers on my roof, and my husband had bugs the house so i thought you know there was these spy cams and my phone was like giving me weird messages and it it was creeping me out you know i was sitting, wow. going to the bathroom in the middle of the night i thought god was talking to me and talking to only me i mean it was
1: hmm. it,
0: it was really bizarre um and then basically i felt so confused and basically demoralized because i thought like who am i if i've lost my mind like that right. What That's not you. makes me me? Right. Yeah, and so that was really when I became suicidal, only in the sense it was. I mean, I I asked my husband and my mom, like straight face, like, should I go jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? Is that going to make this better? Is mm-hmm. that what you want me to do? And I, you know, and like now I'm like, how was I asking uh, my loved ones that? But that actually felt like the rational part of me was like yeah, this is a problem and like, there's mm. no coming back. It felt totally hopeless. And I thought, this is a good question. Like I should mm. ask them because maybe mm-hmm. they'll tell me, yeah, you're gone. You're never coming back.
1: Wow. God, that must have been so scary for them. Yeah, it was. My husband says that was definitely the worst day of
0: his life was having, he yeah, had to bring me in and then like leave me in this, um, in this space. Mm. But he really, they didn't know what to do you know yeah. and they were scared and it was the right thing to do and it you
1: know led me on the path to recovery but it was tough it sounds so excruciating and especially like you said the back and forth of like rational versus not because like with dementia patients which you know i'm sure they're so so different but it's like when you're in that zone yeah. it's like you don't know you're feeling that right so and mm-hmm. then when you're like "Quote unquote normal," you're just acting normal, and so that must have been so confusing for you when you'd kind of like come out of it to then be like, "Wait, what just? What was that that just happened?"
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would ask my husband, "I go, am I crazy? Am I crazy?" Hmm. I asked that
1: a hundred times over because I just I didn't know how else to express it. Totally. Yeah, it's like that's the the word, and I feel like. I mean that's so much in our vernacular too, and as women, you know, hysteria, hysterical, crazy. Uh-huh. And I feel like for every new mom, that's what's so confusing about this because every new mom I know feels crazy at some point. I mean, it's insane They'll yeah. sleep deprivation, yeah, trying to do it well. But every mommy really feels that. So you're—it's like, what's the the normal? You know, and there's there is no real yeah. normal. I mean, or the normal is a very large continuum, right? So. I think that's what's just so tricky with all this because you have those days where it is the chemical blues, you know there's so much going on within your own mm-hmm. body and then the sleep deprivation on I mean the sleep deprivation alone is just insanity. Um yeah. And all of that like of course anyone would feel that that, that is in their right mind and so it's just I feel like it's so confusing. I mean even now some days if I've been up all night with the baby I'm like is my mental health okay? Like, I don't feel like myself. Yeah. And just, I'm tired. But especially for first time moms, you just have, there's just no normal. You're like, is this normal? Because this is nothing you've ever experienced before. Absolutely.
0: And that's why, like,
1: one of, um, you know, I've given a TEDx talk about
0: my experience. And one of the things I share in there is that I feel like every woman, you know, during your first pregnancy, You should meet with a therapist just Mm -hmm. to get a baseline and just to have a contact so that you have someone who knows your history and can be there and someone that you can check in with. And I just think that can help so much in terms of prevention and also checking in with like what's a bad day versus what's normal or not. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think the big thing with sleep that I've found just as an advocate for moms is that. All new moms are tired and like that certainly sucks and it can take a toll on your mental health, but where the sleep problems, it should really, you should kind of go, oh, that's actually something I should be concerned about is if when you do have help or support or, and the baby is asleep, if you can't relax and go to Mm -hmm. sleep and that continues on, that's where I'm like, you know what? It might be helpful to talk to a therapist. It might just explore your options and get some more support because postpartum anxiety is very real, just like postpartum depression, just like postpartum psychosis. And it's not talked about as much, mm-hmm. but not being able to sleep when yeah. there is, you know, a system in place to help you rest. That could be a you know an opportunity to go huh something maybe something's a little bit up. you know don't panic if it's just one day or two days you know but just if that's kind of you finding yourself for me I felt like I had my finger in an electric socket all the time like that was an extreme version of that but like you know if you're having trouble sleeping you need to sleep when you can and eventually that sleep deprivation compounded can be you know a problem in and of itself
1: yeah I think I'm so glad you brought that up. That's usually when I work with my postpartum clients. I mean, I just hammered in every day. It's like when baby is resting, you have to be resting even if you're not totally asleep and if if they continually yeah. just can't can't can't, that's a big red flag yeah. and I sympathize because yeah. i had I didn't know with my first, but I totally had postpartum anxiety and it was so yeah. induced by the you know lack of sleep, and then it becomes that vicious cycle because yeah. I was like, I'm pretty happy, but my I can't sleep like. I love my baby. Like everything's going pretty well, but I literally can't sleep. And I didn't really sleep for three years. I mean, obviously I slept, Mm. but like I did not sleep like a normal human. Yeah. It's just like, it's so with certain women, you you can just like click into that other kind of track of that adrenalized, you know, slash adrenal fatigue, you know, Mm -hmm. cocktail. Absolutely. Really, really hard to come off of that too. So then, how did what did the healing process look like? Were were like pretty heavy meds used, or mostly talk therapy, or like combo? Yeah. So when it, I was on, you know, a handful of
0: pharmaceutical drugs that absolutely helped and were necessary as a short term and intervention. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was helpful in part of the recovery. And therapy, which I stayed in to this day because I found it's really supportive. Um, I had never been in therapy before, and it definitely had this like kind of creepy, mystical, like, ooh, what's that? Why do I need it? Am I in trouble? Because I'm going to it. I had all this stuff about Mm -hmm. therapy. (laughs) I don't even know why, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But I turned out, I'm like, this is great. This is perfect for me to check in and have someone support me. I love it. So I've continued on in therapy. Uh, you know, I also worked with a naturopath because I came up with a lot of digestive um, issues and mm. you know, we know that the gut and the mind work together. So my mind had had a <laughs> severe problem and then my gut was after that having some problems. So, you know, working with a naturopath, I did acupuncture, yoga, you know, running and exercise, meditation has been you know part of the practice
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but yeah i mean basically i have done a lot of different types of work and i continued to yeah, find ways to support myself and make sure that i don't you know overdo it or push myself too hard And mm-hmm. but thankfully i have baby number two another little girl she's mm. a year and a half old thankfully i didn't experience postpartum psychosis um with her birth um, but I was prepared for if that was the case you know had my whole team in place and
1: end so up great. having a
0: night nurse every, every night for four months so that helped I just really protected my sleep
1: mm-hmm. as
0: the first and foremost line of defense
1: um, you so know and smart.
0: I it was still hard I mean that doesn't mean that oh yeah <laughs> that it's not hard juggling yeah. two kids and wow. I, I definitely had some tough uh you know she's six months old i experienced a couple months of of mild depression that thankfully i was able to kind of do some acupuncture i started running again and i as i was about to kind of raise my hand and say maybe i should take some medication and maybe i should look for a different approach i started to feel better and so I shifted. So I, I you know, I think it's just being open with what is, and that things change. And mm-hmm. for me, like just being honest, of like, hey, I made it six months. I felt okay after baby number two, but now I don't feel okay. Yeah. And then, like, things started to shift. But totally. you know, I feel like don't I had the team that that freedom that going to keep me. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's so important to have that team because I feel like that, even if you don't ever use them, just having them in the wings ready is just so massive to have that support. So important. Oh, totally. Yeah. And just knowing, like,
0: yeah, here are the things that help. And if these things feel like they're not supportive or they're not working, or for me, if I find myself like, oh, like, I don't even want to like call my dearest friends, like, I feel like, You know, disconnecting from them for me—that's like a big warning sign of like, oh, like what's going on? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why don't you want to do the things you've normally wanted to do? What's that about? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and it's so interesting having this second kid because I have my second daughter's year and a half as well, and it's so interesting to to course correct and just to have the Mm -hmm. intel on yourself. I mean, obviously, every baby's different, every situation is different, but. Uh, from birth to birth, but it's just knowing that you're not going to let yourself suffer. You know, you you know better yeah. this time around having the people. And I really did that to my for myself too. And it was just so much easier and so much more loving towards myself. And I just felt this ease of like, whatever happens, and there were different things that happened. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever happened, I was just allowing myself to ask for help to call people when I needed to, yeah. to hunker down, not make really firm boundaries with my energy. I stayed in my mm-hmm. bed for six weeks, which was the most healing yeah. thing ever. And so I just yes. think that's such like, yes, it is so much more work having two children, you know, and all the the crazy and the bliss with all of that. But also just if we're looking at it from the perspective of like us as women and as mothers, it can be so healing because we've been down that path before. So. I can imagine. Absolutely. I can imagine yeah. how and kind of I've, daunting that would have been though. Yeah, and um, you know,
0: since kind of sharing my story more widely, you know, both as the TEDx talk and I was also did a story for NPR um, in January oh, wow. of this year. I've connected with a lot of moms that have experienced postpartum psychosis and the thing that I tell them Was like, yes, it was super scary. It was probably the most courageous thing I've done to try to get pregnant again. Um, And of course, because life throws you curveballs, you know, in between Lucy and Vivi, my second, you know, I had two miscarriages. So it wasn't even an easy road to baby number two, but I will say it was a healing opportunity to do things differently and to show up in a different way. And as scary as it was, it it was so beautiful. And it was just this chance to say, I'm going to, Support myself the best I can, and I'm. If like breastfeeding doesn't work, I'm just gonna let it go, and I'm not gonna feel guilty about it. It's like this doesn't work, you know. I'm just gonna get the support I need and just feel good about it. And I just I had a a quite different experience, thankfully, but it was really most of
1: all to have um, baby number two. It's so amazing. I love that so much, and. You know, I think that's such a key component is what is mom's mental health at all times, you know? Because, yeah, you know, I love breastfeeding and I love the push for breastfeeding and the hospitals now are getting on board and all of that. And if mom is completely suffering and off the rails completely yeah. breastfeeding, that is not in service to her child or her family. And so yeah. really yeah. looking like every time, like there's always opportunity to course correct. And so... I think that just all moms need to really learn and support one another and putting themselves first because we truly are the cornerstone of the family. I mean, everything we give to our kids, our partners, holding that container for the family, like it is on us, you know? And sometimes that's overwhelming. Some days that feels really huge. And it's, in my opinion, the truth. I mean, we just are. And so we need much support and kindness and alone time or spa time or whatever it is exercise time mm-hmm. every single day you know every day and I love yeah. that you started with the four minutes because we all have that we all have four minutes yeah
0: yeah so, absolutely and um, I think that that it's so true um yeah you said it so well. Nothing to add there. But yes, I was like nodding my head. I
1: was like, yes,
0: yes to that. Yes
1: to that again. <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to listen to your NPR talk. That sounds amazing. I'll put that in the show notes. And oh, in the you. TED talk as well. So tell us how this segued into your work. Like you're already doing the mindfulness. And then did you take a break from work? Or like, what is, what is your work journey look like after having two kids?
0: Yeah, so... um I'm still, you know, an executive coach. I work with uh, women and men one-on-one, and I also lead workshops at companies, mostly around mindfulness and how to, you know, basically how to keep your edge without burning out. So, mm-hmm. learning to kind of throttle that go-getter and that energy and desire to make a big impact and to shoot for the moon, but not do it at the expense of everything else. So, how can you stay ambitious without burning out, basically? So, oh, I lead so workshops good. around
1: that. I Thank feel like you know. need to come to Thank LA and do a workshop for doulas because I would love that. We all burn I would love off. that. So, it's so much work and like holding space for other people yeah. and then our own kids. And, but we're caretakers, so it's like in our pathology to help other people. But it's like a real thing. That's, I love Absol- that,
0: you're doing that Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, um, Caregiver burnout is
0: is very real. I'm speaking, um, you know, to a group of physician assistants and nurse practitioners next month, and you know, I work with doctors as well because, uh, you know, when you're in those, you're at the front line giving, you also are experiencing sometimes vicarious trauma, and then also just it's a lot of output, so. People in caregiving professions need an additional amount of self-care and you know journaling and time for reflection mm. because yeah, when you're putting yourself out there, you definitely are at the the risk of sort of overexposing yourself, and it and it can take a toll on you. Mm.
1: That's so. so good. Yeah, so I do the kind yeah. of the
0: coaching, the um, the <laughs> workshops. I have an online program called Resilient AF, which talks about how do you build that mindset from the ground up that I um, had (laughs) got to rebuild basically after hitting that rock bottom moment. So it talks about um, self-compassion. It talks about learning to reset, you know, knowing your colors, like just, are you in the green zone? Are you in the yellow zone? Are you in the red zone? And then what are the shift moves you need to do when you're in an SOS moment versus what do you need to do every day to plant the seeds, for um, you know, gratitude and compassion for yourself and positive change. So it's a really a systematic approach to building a mindset that's more resilient because the truth is we plan all we want, but life happens the way it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're always hit with unexpected you know turns and twists and turns. So it's how do you build a mindset that's prepared for that? And I teach people um, how to meditate and practice mindfulness too. And I've written a book called The Wise Mama Guide. To maternity leave, which is really the book that I wish I had as a go getter, achiever type woman, especially an entrepreneur. I was like, How does it work to take time off from your business when you have a baby? What does it look like to, to take a step back? And I think the women in general, you know, we're having kids sort of later in our lives, so we have this really strong professional identity. And I think it is hard to pull yourself away from that to take Uh a leave and to allow yourself to slow down so that book's really about what's the process of figuring out what you need and then giving yourself permission and a structure to still feel that sense of accomplishment and achievement while you're in this totally different phase of your life which is maternity leave there's no gold stars there's no awards Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're doing a good job or not you're just sort of in Groundhog Day. So, how can you be present with that? And uh, I, I think it's it's beautiful, but it was also really challenging. It was, you know, like those four minutes of meditation. It was super different than my usual go-go. You know, to-do list of ten things, checking them off, feeling good. But I was like, I've done nothing today. I mean, granted, yeah. I had kept my child is? alive. I had fed. Yeah. I done all this, but yeah. you know, I needed to like. I need to reframe that in my mind and create a new narrative that did tell me I was successful if I fed my baby or if I took a shower.
1: Wow. I know. (laughs) Those days you wash your hair, you're like, I am living large. Like, I have this together. (laughs) You're like, look at me over here. Look (laughs) at me all dressed. Tomorrow
0: I'm running for president. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Holy! Wow. I'm going to get that book because I have so many clients here in LA that are professional, you know, having babies late thirties, early forties. And it's such yeah. a huge thing. It's such a huge thing. And even if mentally you're trying to kind of make that leap to not have any, you know, framework or guidelines to help you do yeah. that, even if the willingness is there, but to actually have the nuts and bolts of like, okay, what does this actually look like for me? I mean, that's just incredible yeah. that you created that. I love that. It's really, <laughs> Thank you. I, am uh yeah I created that um, between when I was pregnant
0: with my second because I really was like, this is what I needed and this is what I want. So I felt this creative urge during my pregnancy and I ended up writing the book then.
1: so cool. So how do you manage your schedule? like do you have specific work days or work times you work from home and out like how does how do you schedule that because I feel like I'm constantly Thinking about that, yeah. framing that for myself and what I want it to look like, like what does my dream schedule look like, et cetera.
0: Yeah, so you know we have support during the week from uh, eight to six, so that gives me that time during the day to to do my work. And I'd say, you know, some days half the day is working, and half the day is managing the household life. Curveballs, you know, some days more can get done. So I'm kind of like trying to, you know, find that balance. But um, I, I have given myself a lot of blank space in my calendar where we have childcare, but I don't necessarily have work tasks because, you know, two weeks ago it's like I was at the doctor four out of five days of the week for my daughters. I mean, so it was double ear infection, strep throat. Last week it was Mm -hmm. light. it's just like okay sorry sorry february not (laughs) much happened (laughs) so you know that is um and i try to always when i can take that long view that uh my kids are super you know young at five and one and a half right now and they will there will be times later where i have Mm -hmm. you know all of my focus and energy but um, you know, my husband has a demanding full time job also. So, um, and I'm the one with a flexible schedule. So I've just I found when I accepted this is what I want to do, this is why I created my own business was to have mm-hmm. flexibility so I could be there for the appointments or for, you know, going to the planetarium with the school, things like that. Yeah. So I just try to, you know, build that in and not be really specific about my to do list. I you know, I ask myself often this question from uh, the book called "The One Thing," which is just like, what's the one thing that I can do, and by doing such, everything else becomes, you know, easier or basically doesn't need to happen. So, like getting really focused, of like no busy work, just things that are pushing the needle. Saying no, like it's your job. Um, even it's sometimes helps to just say, I start with every request as a no, and then I need to convince myself that it's a yes. So mm, being really that. careful about not letting other people's stuff, emails, requests take over my time. But That's yeah, so... it's a lot of discipline, and some days are better than others. And I, you know, once a month reset and look, how did I do? You know, what got done? Was I too ambitious? Were my goals? Was I not ambitious enough? And it's a, it's a learning process. So yeah. being flexible and knowing, like I said, you know, February, you're like, wow, that was just sort of. Yeah, a lot, and a <laughs> lot, and that's okay. We're totally. starting on March. I'm yep. already ready
1: for April, but we're still in March, so uh, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> totally. Do you do goal setting per month, or do you I just do? Kind of do yeah, oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I do a a year long goal setting. I have, um, you know, a a workbook on my website called the Clarity Course, and that helps provide a framework for your year-long goals. And then every month I check in with those year-long goals and then I break it out into monthly goals. And that's been really helpful. I use something called the Panda Planner. I love it. It's a great workbook. You can get it on Amazon. It basically forces you to choose no more than 5 priorities for each day and also 3 priorities for the month. And Mm. that helps the gut check of like, am I taking on too much? Which, for me, the
1: answer is almost always
0: yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with two kids, because, like you said, you get those. Yeah, kids. and it is a time suck, and it's it's hard to explain that to other people that don't understand it, because you can't you can't outsource that mom stuff, you know. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you can, and you don't want to. So it's yeah, just exactly.
0: trying to not beat yourself up when that does happen.
1: Yeah. So many things to keep learning and working on, and and enjoying it too. I mean, that's something I really try to remind myself of. Is I have these amazing girls, I adore them. I had them to enjoy my life, you know, and expand my yeah. life. And I want to, I want to be in the joy of being with them, you know, and also in my dharma of the work that I do. Which you know, it's just balancing. Yeah. But it, I, I mean, I can get overwhelmed by it. But I'm really this month I've been working on. I don't need to get overwhelmed because it's just like I'm in control of my life and my schedule and it's really about me making the boundaries. Yeah. And pretty much whenever I have like the guts to make the boundaries, everyone else is fine with them most of the time, you know? I and know. so like that feedback of like I am putting myself through this like mental misery trying to please everybody and actually people are fine when you just tell them the days you can work or the times you can work, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I would just say you're not abnormal for it's just like there's this kind of sea we're swimming in that's doing things differently, so you mm-hmm. honestly like you do need to be disciplined to keep that blank space to keep your boundaries in check and like it's a practice, and I think um we forget that that requires effort and consistency, and that's okay mm-hmm. that doesn't you know mean you're doing it wrong or so. It just, you know, knowing like, okay, part of my effort is going to be the like saying no in the boundaries bucket. Or, yeah. you know, for me, it's like this month I'm doing some stuff um, for my gut and with a naturopath. And I'm like, okay, like that's one of my goals for the month. It's like healing my gut and, mm-hmm. and planning, doing my meal planning and cooking because that's going to take, you know, a quarter a or more of my energy, yeah. you know, time and energy. So yeah. just, you know, being, knowing that, Sometimes things that fall into like the other camp, you're like, no, that actually needs to take like a front and center seat. (laughs) It's going to take time and energy.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, looking like you said, the long view, because of this, you know, I feel like as a society, we're so obsessed with this term balance now. And so we kind of look at everything in like equal shares, but really it's never going to be that, especially with kids. So it's like, yeah. This month was really great in this. You know, like this month, I really needed the exercise. So I prioritized that. But like next month, mm-hmm. maybe it's like really committing to my meditation and exercise is going to take a back burner or preparing my food or having more yeah. date nights with my husband. And I'm going to choose that over my alone time or what, you know, it's just yeah. it's a lot of different plates and they don't always have to be equal at all times. So true. And yeah, giving yourself permission to let those things change and evolve. Yeah. Because, yes. Yeah, it's just part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one of my best friends this week was saying how, you know, she really falls into this trap. And I think as a society, we all, to some extent, do as women fall into this trap. But she's really she's about to turn forty, which I feel like is a very big turning point in women's lives. I'm forty-one, so mm-hmm. that was a big line of demarcation for me, kind of on what mm-hmm. I would put up with and what I wouldn't anymore. But yeah, she was saying. You know, she was a gymnast, she always did everything for her family. She's a producer. Like she's always the friend you go to when you need help and problem solving. And you know, you get kudos for that. You're you're always congratulated in our society for that. But then now she's like, I've got two kids and I do this all day. And like I'm not getting any trophies at the end of the day just because I've done all the laundry and my kitchen is spotless and all this. And it's it's true. It's like it's very hard to unwork. That mindset of like reward for being, yeah, you know, I can't even think of the word because I'm still postpartum for like being an overachiever all the time. It's like that doesn't yes. that doesn't serve you as you age and grow. Absolutely, amen. Yeah, amen. So I just love all the work you're doing. It sounds incredible, and your journey is just such a beautiful share. I really appreciate you making the time. And doing this work, cool. and I thank hope you come so down. Thank you so much for LA. having me. Thank you. Very I, yes, I, hopefully I will be down there soon. I'll oh, be we awesome. Need you. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I'm into this caretaking workshop. I, I I feel like that's that's something we should talk about. That's Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I look forward to talking again soon. Have a great okay, day. Okay. Thank you. Jai 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 Jai